0: The tight end position is one of the most competitive groups on the entire Colts roster, Will Mo Alley cox bounce back in 2023? Is Jelani Woods poised for a breakout season? And will Kylan Granson finally find the end zone in year three? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore. I'm joined here live with my co-host, fellow writer, the hardest working man in Colts media, Drake Wally. Drake uh there were some stronger storms again this week here in indiana and and we're also dealing with the smoke from the uh canadian wildfires so prayers to everyone up there but it's it's making a smog kind of go over indiana where we both live but how are you doing man how are you prepping for uh your fourth of july weekend
1: yeah, for Fourth of July weekend, you know, we're getting some food ready for a little get together at our place, and um, yeah, as far as it's, it's been interesting to see, you know, walk out in the morning and you see just haziness. It's starting to clear up now, but uh, boy, Indiana was number two in the world behind Dubai at one point in air quality, so setting the bar high. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, everyone's uh, in,
0: inside enjoying yeah. purified air uh, yeah. and, and keeping their lungs healthy. Uh, I know the chat is trying to keep healthy. True, it is already here saying if we get the tight ends rolling think how that's going to help richardson and the other wide receivers i agree true it stats matt finally on time for an episode glad to see you guys didn't blow away in the storms uh same to logan schmidt same to him he's on time today wyatt law saying that it's a tough day for colts nation but now that the big hammer is finally dropped we can move on there you go. and wyatt we're definitely going to be talking about what happened today with the colts patrick the legend himself drake was my chat pal on last night's stream we are best friends now don't know if you're aware i wasn't aware uh but hey <laughs> a budding friendship between drake and patrick here uh not a surprise uh good to see you patrick uh but hey everyone if you haven't done so already please we'd appreciate a follow on all of our socials like horse you huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on twitter and subscribe to the youtube channel here hit that bell so you know when drake and i are going live whenever destin and shot or going live and hit that like button on this video because you already know it's going to be a fun episode uh when drake and i are live and if you can't listen to us live apple spotify google wherever you listen to your podcasts we're there as well so there's no excuse to miss an episode of the horseshoe huddle podcast and tonight The next position group, as I said, we're diving into is the tight end position. But before we do that, there was some breaking news that we expected to come and it finally was laid down today. Um, As cornerback, Isaiah Rogers Sr. was suspended, uh, given an indefinite suspension by the NFL for gambling on games, Uh, and then I think about five minutes later is when the news came out that the Colts had waived and released uh, Isaiah Rogers Sr., uh, along with Rashad Barry, a defensive end that the Colts picked up off of the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad uh, in January towards the end of the year. He was also suspended indefinitely definitely for gambling on NFL games uh Drake we kind of knew that this was probably going to be the outcome once that it looked like Isaiah Rogers Sr. was admitting guilt on Twitter. Uh, we, we figured that there would be a, a, an indefinite suspension or at least a year-long suspension for Isaiah Rogers Sr. And with that, there was probably going to be a move by the Colts to to let him go. And indeed, that was the case. It looks like Isaiah Rogers Sr.'s tenure uh, with the Indianapolis Colts has come to a a, a very disappointing end, I would say.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when it originally came out that it was, you know, a year, you know, everyone kind of bit a little bit on that and said, wow, you know, that's that he ought to be really thinking his lucky stars that it's a year. And then, of course, you hear that the next day today anyway, that it is at least a year. And potentially more. So um, I agree. Uh, you know, it's time to move on. The hammer's officially been dropped, like Wyatt said. And, um, at, you know, for right now, anyway, and probably the case is that Isaiah Rogers isn't a cold anymore and um, potentially might not play anymore.
0: Right. And, and Logan, you kind of read my mind. Logan says such a promising year for him. I mean, it really was. Isaiah Rogers Sr. finally had the chance to be the full-time starter at cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. And it was all sitting right there in front of him. He was going to be able to, to show his worth and and go out and earn a second contract with the Colts uh, if he was able to play well. Uh, and now there's, there's no chance of that happening. So it's it's very dis- it's very disappointing it's sad uh, because i mean I've, I've i've had conversations with people that know isaiah rogers senior and he's he's not a bad person i don't want any any of this to come off like Drake and I are are bashing this guy uh, and and saying that he deserved it or anything like that. Obviously, he made a, a very dumb mistake. I think we can all agree on that. Exactly. But Isaiah Rogers, the person, I mean, he's a good kid, and he. I mean, we all make mistakes. This just so happened to be one that could cost him his career. Do I think he's done in the NFL? I don't know about that. I would say that he might get a, another chance down the line. Um, it's certainly not going to be easy uh, because he, it's not like he is of the talent of a Calvin Ridley, um, somebody that was one of the, in the upper echelon of players at his position or had proven himself. So, I mean, there's a chance that he could try to, he could work his way back into the NFL, uh, but that's, that's kind of thinking way down the road at, at this point. I mean, he could also go to USFL, XFL, I, I've seen, heard. But, but at this point, it's it's really hard to say. And, and I don't think Isaiah Rogers Sr. is really thinking about that either. Uh, I, I, don't, I think that, I mean, this was obviously devastating news. I think he was preparing for this. But all in all, I think it's just a very, a very sad situation for a, a young kid that, that was on the cusp of, of really making a good NFL career for himself.
1: Yeah. And just to wrap this up, it's, it's also a lesson from here on out, you know, the NFL really came down hard on this one. So hopefully you don't hear any more about this because right now they're also, I mean, there's other suspensions happening too. So it's like, it's something that they're, they're trying to kind of cascade across the league. Like, look, we don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to suspend Mm -hmm. players anymore. So hopefully this is behind and uh, everybody and you know what, got to look forward now After the Colts.
0: Right. And, and some of his, some of his bets came out today. Allegedly he placed a thousand dollar bet on the over under on Colts rushing yards for a game. Um, So I, he didn't bet on, it didn't seem like he bet on anything on him, on himself affecting the performance of the Colts wins or losses or anything like that. But, but still you, you can't be doing that. And I, Patrick, says, none of these guys that got suspended are bad guys. They just did something really stupid. And and I would agree with that. So, um, and yeah, I mean, we've already talked about if we think the Colts should sign another cornerback, we think that that could be worthy uh, of looking into. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see now that the, if the suspension has come down. The move has been made by the Colts. We'll see if a veteran does come in for, for training camp. It's definitely going to be another storyline to watch uh, over these next few weeks as the Colts approach the start of training camp on July 26th. Enough about that. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, the tight end position. And and Drake, like I said, it's one of the most competitive groups. And, and I'm really excited to see what Shane Steichen's twist on, on this group could be. Because for years we heard about Frank Reich and how much he loves the tight end position. And, and outside of maybe 2018, when we saw Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle both have really good years, we didn't really see that come to fruition too much. And, and I'm really excited to see what Shane Steichen is going to bring from Philadelphia, the success he had with Dallas, Dallas Goddard and how he can really transform these tight ends along with the, 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 the comeback of, of tight ends coach, Tom Manning. I think there's a pretty good combination there.
1: Yeah. And you know, Tom Manning for anybody that wasn't aware was the tight ends coach in 2018 when Eric Ebron, Correct. you know, absolutely went you know, insane uh, by, by Colts standards. And, you know, I am right there with you because even Shane Steichen, when he was the offensive coordinator with the Chargers, he had Hunter Henry. So th- this is a guy that has had success with tight ends and he's, he's really been able to elevate them. And I mean, Dallas Goddard's officially, especially if you're a fantasy football, you know, manager, he's a household name at tight end in a in a league wide group that might be thin Dallas Goddard's officially elevated himself to, you know, a, a legitimate threat. So, I am ready to talk about these guys. I think that Shane Steichen has got himself arguably one of the most intriguing and talented uh, tight end groups and definitely young, ready to go types of players right there on his roster.
0: Right, I would agree. So let's start off the conversation tonight with with a guy that was in trade talks, potentially, to start this offseason, has made it this far, but, but I think we all agree really needs to have a bounce-back year in 2023, and, and that's Mo'Ally Cox. And it was just a couple seasons ago that we thought Mo'Ally Cox could be an absolute weapon for this Colts offense. Last year, obviously, with the offense having its struggles, moali Cox, kind of taking over that, that blocking tight end role that Jack Doyle had held uh for so many seasons and we saw his production just, just really flatline and and was not up to the level uh that, that we thought he, he could produce at so so Drake what are your expectations for Mo'Ally Cox as we head into the twenty twenty three season and I think it's a very crucial year for moali
1: Cox. Well you you expect him to hopefully have a turnaround year because actually his production peaked in 2020 with 31 catches 2021 was 24 and then last season when he you'd expect him to potentially catch even more passes than he's ever caught he caught 19 so he's just been dipping in his production so you're hoping for a resurgence a little bit Um, I'm looking for can he you know, I'm expecting him to get better at the red zone presence, be more of a weapon in the red zone. He's huge. He's a massive, massive human being. So he could be a big threat and also improve the blocking. Um, I think one more thing that uh, I think an expectation could be that he could, you know, in tune with the bounce back. Can Shane Stike? I'm, I'm expecting Shane Steichen to be able to get something out of Mo Alley. OK, Mo Alley Cox is a through and through athletic freak. All right. The guy is very very athletically gifted so I think that Shane Steichen realizes that I think that he sees it and I think he's got a plan for Mo Alley I really do
0: it's I I really hope that that he's not just used solely as a blocking tight end Uh, because I, I don't think that's where Mo Alley Cox really really I don't think that's where his strengths are do I think he can block yes is he the on the same level as Jack Doyle no and and I think you want to use moali Cox in a little bit different ways than than just as a blocker because I mean you take one of the things I always remember when talking about Moelle Cox is is what Joel Erickson uh, said he when he has the ball in his hands he's like an angry moose I mean it's just he's six foot five 260 some pounds he's a big man you know and it, he's just hard to tackle that's what I want to see out of Moelle Cox I want to see the ball in his hands in space and and for people to really to to, to to make it so defenses really have to tackle him, kind of like how the Colts used Jelani Woods last year in in those certain situations. But I think in order for Mo, Mo Alley Cox to see the field, the blocking just has to be better. It, it really does. I, I don't think I, even even if the Colts take him out of some of those situations, he is still considered one of the better. Blocking tight ends that the Colts have, and and when that's the case, especially when you're trying to create holes and, and open things up for Jonathan Taylor, you got to be out there, go out there, and do your job. And so many times last year, uh, a block that Mo Alley Cox missed—that's something Jack Doyle would have been able to do—and it would have sprung Jonathan Taylor for a ten to twelve yard gain instead of getting hit in the backfield and then coming down for maybe a one or two yard gain. So the, those those little plays that don't really show up on the stats seat. But when you go back and look at the film, those missed blocks can be so crucial in the outcome of a game just to even extend a drive a little bit. Stats Matt says here, Mo just scares me. He had fumble issues, and he just doesn't seem fluid uh, when he's running. And then we do have a super chat here from Patrick. Thank you so much, buddy, for the, for the love as always. Patrick says, CBS Pick 6 podcast has an Eagles guy on, and he discussed Hurts having a down year because Steichen was that pivotal to his game and said have fun AR and Colts fans. that alone should excite everyone and, and i I'm very excited to see what wrinkles Shane Steichen is going to bring and we've already kind of heard i wouldn't i mean you can call them rumors but but little things here and there out of out of the Colts camp that Shane Steichen has big plans for this tight end group.
1: Well, and that's really, really awesome to hear because some of those big, huge runs from 2021, they were really, really knocked loose by some of that blocking. So you're going back to what you said about Mo Alley-Cox, hoping that Shane Steichen's tutelage and just how he's been able to really elevate the play of that position, because even guys like Hunter Henry and Dallas Goddard, they can block, man. I mean, they can really lay a hit on somebody and keep a an edge sealed. So you're just hoping that with this new fresh air you know in the lungs of this franchise mo alley is another guy that's had constant rotation okay now he's going to get a guy that understands the position hopefully understands his strengths and weaknesses and can get something out of Mo Cox to warrant that $18 million contract.
0: And we've got another super chat from Patrick, the absolute (laughs) goat, man. Patrick says, look at Dallas Goddard's stats the last two years with Steichen. A lot of the tight ends are going to have a great time this year. And and I I would agree, Patrick. I think that's very, I mean, we talk about Steichen's work with, with Anthony Richardson all the time. But I mean, you. I think the tight end position is going to see a, a resurgence, not only with with Shane Steichen, but do not undervalue Tom Manning being back as the tight ends coach. I think that was such an under underrated uh, return, an underrated addition to this Colts coaching staff. And I think it's going to take not only this tight end position, but especially the young guys. I mean, Jelani Woods, who we're going to talk about, Drew Ogletree, who we're going to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see how he can really unlock the full potential of Kylan Granson. It's it's going to be in stats. Matt takes the, the words right out of my mouth again as he says, the scheme he runs just gets them open so much. And and I would agree there. It's, it's going to be really fun to watch. And that's why I'm so excited about the tight end position this year, Patrick, once again, buddy, we really do appreciate all your support. You're, you're, you're amazing. We, we, we love having Patrick along for the ride. So, so Drake, I kind of want to wrap, wrap this up into two questions so we can kind of move on to, to our next guy here. What, what are your biggest question marks? We kind of addressed some of those with Moelle Cox, but what are your biggest question marks, and then what do you see his impact being in Shane Steichen's offense this year?
1: So, well, since we've kind of addressed most of the questions, the question I have is Has he uh, can he hit his, his ceiling finally with, mm-hmm. with Shane Steichen, or bundle question, has he already done that? Has he already hit his ceiling and maybe nobody else can get anything out of him because 2020 was about as good as it gets with a guy like Philip Rivers. So that's the question. I think that if we're talking about the impact, though, I think he's huge for the tight end group because of two reasons. One, going back to what we were talking about, Steichen's coming into town, but also that's that's a really young group still like that's a pretty young group outside of a couple depth pieces that were signed. They might need a guy like Mo Alley Cox. Also he is the only tight end on the team still when Tom Manning was the tight end coach. So maybe that's some rapport, help Manning get back into the swing of things. And I think Mo Alley could actually help the group a lot with mentorship and just kind of hopefully getting back to some production with tight
0: Right. And that, that that was my big question have we seen the ceiling of Ali cox and and because when you think about it Moali cox was an undrafted free agent um he wasn't the he wasn't expected to to be a a starter or a pro bowl level tight end uh but but you, you he was just a raw Moldable ball of clay, and and you could see what you get. So if if he's just a middle of the road tight end, where he's a, a solid tight end too, that might just be what Mo Alley Cox is. But if if that's the case, then I think we need to see some other bodies and other people in there with higher ceilings, more potential, and and see if those guys can be the long term answer uh, at the at the tight end position for the Colts. So I I, I think. Unfortunately, I think there's going to be other tight ends who have a bigger role in the passing game. Um, I'd love to see Mo Cox get more involved. But we're going to have to see how that goes because there's a lot of young tight ends that are nipping at the bit to really make their mark. And, and the Colts have spent some some good draft capital on these guys as well. So uh, we'll have to see. Malik Cox in the second year of a three-year, $18 million contract. So uh, it's time it's time for him to show out. Uh, he has to live up to that contract. But I think the tight end that we're all going to be talking about this upcoming season is is that big number 80, the six foot seven, 261 pound mammoth human being of Jelani Woods. And, and this is who I think this comes to our biggest question of the show is a breakout season incoming for, for Jelani Woods, our own, uh, Shad McGinnis, um, reported that Shane Steichen has pretty big plans for Jelani Woods this season. So it should be pretty enticing and exciting for Colts fans. So, so Drake, as we get closer to the season here, uh, what are your expectations for Jelani Woods? And and really, what do you think he can do in this offense?
1: Uh, Man, my expectations for Jelani Woods are to take that. I think he's going to take a second year leap. Um, You also have to think that in 2022, he wasn't used really correctly. I think he missed out on a lot of potential. Um, you know, rookie play like big plays as a rookie. Um, so I do think that he is going to take a huge leap. I see my expectations are I think he's gonna be the number one deadliest red zone target. I just I will stand by that constantly. I mean, I really believe that Jelani Woods is gonna dominate the red zone for the Colts, especially um, you know, in you know, within the five-yard line, if you have to start throwing, no one better to throw to than a six foot seven-inch monster like him. Um, and I also expect, like I think we touched on it earlier, that with Steik and Scheme, you're going to get ability to get these guys open. I see a lot of Jelani Woods getting into open space, and kind of like you said, Mo Alley Cox ran like an angry moose. Well, Jelani Woods kind of runs the same way, only he's faster and he's bigger. So that is just terrifying to think. Those are some expectations among just a few that I that I that I you know am looking for with Jelani Woods.
0: And. And we saw what what Jelani Woods could do in a in a small sample size. You, you know what I mean? I I he, he didn't get the run that Mo Ali Cox did last year. He didn't get the same run that, that even Kylan Granson got. But when Jelani Woods was on the field, he was, he was effective. He was the most productive tight end on the entire team. And when you have a talent like that, the Colts invested a, a third-round pick into Jelani Woods, you, you need to get that type of talent, that type of mismatch on the field. And, and, and some of that does is on Jelani woods. I think he does need to become a better blocker. Um, And I think he does need to be more consistent with his hands. He did have some drops uh, to start the year and, and, and that kind of slowed him down a little bit. But I would expect a huge increase in not only snaps for for Jelani Woods, but targets, uh, gate like a certain plays directed for Jelani Woods. I think he's going to be a very big part of this offense at the tight end position because we we got a sniff, we got a little bit of a taste of what Jelani Woods can do last year. It's it's time for that that number that second year leap. It seems like tight ends are are. are a position that it might take a little bit for, for guys to get going. That was kind of how Travis Kelsey was. Travis Kelsey didn't come into the league and start dominating from day one, it took a couple years. But then once he got a speed underneath him, now Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Not saying Jelani Woods is going to be Travis Kelsey, be but nice. you get <laughs> you, 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 it would be nice. But you get what I mean in that it, it might take a little bit, and and just getting him in an offense that's that's suitable for tight ends. Get him getting him in position where he can really get open uh Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew whoever's throwing him the football can get him in those open field situations and when you when you're when you're in those open field situations with a guy that's that fast that big and that powerful as as logan says i swear he has that gronk potential i mean you, you think how hard it was to tackle rob gronkowski in the open field uh, johnny woods is, is in that same boat so i would i'd really expect uh, a huge leap from year one to year two not only in playing time but production for jelani woods but i mean and, and with that it comes some question marks though is can he can he get to that that level where he can be relied on? Can he be a tight end one this early in his career? Um, and and I think if he does answer those questions, yes, the, that's what's going to determine how high his his production and his and his playing time will go. He's still got to go out there and prove it. The Colts aren't just going to give it to him. So, what are some of your biggest questions for for Jelani Woods heading into his second year, Drake?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting because there wasn't, there wasn't enough of him. uh, I think last season where some, you know, you could really have a a ton of questions. I do think that a couple uh, you mentioned one is, can he block more effectively? That Mm -hmm. was one area where he just really wasn't, you know, polished up. And really, if we're being honest, not really anybody on the Colts tight in the Colts tight end group in 2022 was too polished at blocking, but Um, That's something I think another thing is, is he how is he going to adjust to already a change in the playbook? Um, Is he going to be able to adjust for Shane Steichen's offense? That is a question. I know that it's an easy fallback, but you just never know with somebody who's only going into their second season and didn't really get a lot of playing time that they like they should have in their rookie year. Um, I think one more might be just how quick like how much will he be used in the passing game in a run heavy offense because i do assume this is going to be a run heavy offense you've got a tight end group you're probably gonna have three four guys that are going to be that core rotation curious of how many targets jelani woods is going to get in a run first what will likely be a run first offense
0: Right. And we have to remember to Jelani Wood started, started college as a quarterback. So yeah. he is still fairly raw when it comes to the tight end position. Uh, but he's, but he's learning very, very quickly. And stats, Matt says blocking and not losing concentration and dropping the ball are the two biggest questions. I would agree with you right there, pal. Now, Drake, what do you think his impact is going to be uh, for this offense here in 2023?
1: I really – I'm going to go back to it again. I do think that he is going to have an absolutely instrumental impact in the red zone, I'm telling you. That was a place the Colts could not score touchdowns. They had to rely on Chase McLaughlin to kick so many field goals. I do think that Steichen knows that Woods is probably his number one red zone target. He's going to take advantage of that. I'm also – I also think that he is going to suck a lot of attention um, from linebackers, from defensive backs. When he runs routes in the middle of the field – you have to well, you have to be aware of where he's at, because, yes, Pearson Pittman and McKenzie and Downs, they can all be deadly threats. You know, any running back out of the backfield, whatever. Jelani Woods, if he catches a pass and you're not paying attention before, you know, it, he's beating you in a foot race and he's running over your defensive back. So he is going to take so much attention uh, there in the middle of the field could open up some deeper opportunities for Anthony Richardson over the top.
0: Stats, Matt, says Dallas Goddard, the Eagles tight end, had 55 catches for 702 yards and three TDs yeah. last year. I think Woods can be similar with more touchdowns. And, and I, that's a good stat line. I'd say I'd probably go a little under on the receptions and yards, but over on the touchdowns. Uh, I think Jelani Woods is going to be a huge weapon in, in the red zone. And, and I think Shane Steichen in this offense would be foolish to not target him more in the red zone. I mean, half the time you, you look at the still shots, you look at the pictures when Jelani Woods would catch a touchdown in the, in the end zone, uh, uh, and there was a defensive back hanging on him, it looked like it was a child that was trying to climb on his back. That's just just the pure (laughs) size that that Jelani Woods – Jelani Woods has. Um, I'm very confident in Jelani Woods, his ability not only to stretch the field, but be a red zone threat. I think we're going to see a a much different red zone package than we've been used to uh, coming from Frank Reich to Shane Steichen. Um, I I think Shane Steichen is is a guy that's more focused on matchups and what bigger mismatch out there than your six foot seven tight end in Jelani Woods. So that's why I think if, uh, if, if I had to put money on, on someone to lead the Colts in receiving touchdowns this year, it would probably be Jelani Woods over a Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, uh, a Mo Cox, whoever you want to put out there. I think Jelani Woods could very easily get seven, eight, nine touchdowns, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. So I have very big expectations for him. We'll see if he lives up to those, but but I think that second-year jump that I was talking about combined with what this, this offense has in store and has planned for Jelani Woods, you're going to be seeing a lot of number 80 out there uh, and scoring touchdowns on Sundays, which I think we'll all be very, very excited uh, to see. But another guy that we haven't seen any touchdowns from, and I, I feel bad because I keep harping on this point, but I feel like it's, it's year three. This guy needs to find the end zone, and that's Kylan Granson. Uh, I think Kylan Granson is, is a guy that um, he's, he's, he's gotten better over his career, so I want to give him props for that, uh, but, but I want to see some more production out of him, and I, I think he's going to need that production in order to stick around uh, just because of how competitive this group, is. So, uh, Drake, what are your expectations for, for number 83 as he enters year three?
1: I, I think he's going to continue to build off of last year's performance. Obviously, his rookie year, he had 11 catches. Last year, he had 31, which, by the way, led all Colts tight ends. 31 catches led the entire group. (laughs) um uh, that's yeah anyway I I do think that he is I, I expect him to really have an interesting role in this offense I've heard his name brought up by Steichen a couple times and you can tell Steichen's impressed with his route running from the tight end position we've said this multiple times I expect him to continue to probably be the best at the position on the team at creating separation Uh, from defensive backs from coverage he is very very skilled at getting away from coverage so I expect Shane Steichen to put him in the slot move him around make him a mismatch for defensive backs to be too large for him too fast for linebackers kind of thing I I expect Shane Steichen to bring the best out of Colin and I really do
0: yeah, that's, that's definitely his best asset, I would say, is being able to create separation. Uh, Kylan Granson was not drafted to be an inline tight end. He was not drafted to be a blocking tight end. Uh, he was drafted to be a receiving tight end and, and be that guy that, that's in the slot, create separations, be able to pick up uh, eight yards on on a third and six, third and seven, uh, those type of situations. So uh, he has a very defined role, and I think he is, he is again, going to year two, year three, sometimes it does take a couple of years for for tight ends to really catch on. Uh, so so this could be the the year for Kylan Granson. Um, but I, I think there is added pressure on him to, to go out there and, and up his production uh, and, and show what his worth is because of what we just talked about with Jelani Woods being right there and, and Shane Steichen already having those types of plans for Jelani Woods. Well, Drew Ogletree is also there coming off of the, the ACL who was one of the stars of, of training camp. Help Drew Ogletree looks better than Jelani Woods did in training camp before he tore his ACL. Uh, Will Mallory who the Colts were really high on and and Will Mallory kind of fits more of that mold of the receiving tight end so he's going to be trying to nip at Kylan Granson's heels for playing time for for those opportunities so it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see stats Matt says Granson better separate himself from Mallory if the rumor is true that Steichen really likes Mallory as I was saying Mallory is a good blocking tight end when split out so that's something Granson doesn't Do much so again. There's that pressure, and and that's the thing. Competition brings out the best in these guys, which is why I'm so excited to see what this tight end room can do. Just because there's a lot of really, there's a lot of I wouldn't say really good, but there's a lot of good, solid players in this room that are going to push each other. So it's going to be exciting to see how Kylan Granson can really either take that bull by the horns and and use that for good, or if he's going to fall back into the weeds a little
1: bit. And you're hoping, you're hoping after, you know, building off of his his rookie season with the team lead, uh, you know, and tight ends with catches, you're just hoping that he's going to continue to kind of thrive and and maybe get a little bit more comfortable in a new offense.
0: Exactly. Wanted to shout out this comment from Nathan here. Thanks for the Colts content in the tough doldrums of the summer from a Hoosier living in Delaware of all places. Well, Nathan, we really appreciate you tuning in from Delaware. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into our show. And yeah. and we appreciate, we, we're thankful that you are enjoying our content uh, throughout the summer. We're, we're just like all of you guys. We can't wait for training camp. And, and hopefully uh, Drake and I will be able to report from the sidelines at training camp as well. So stay tuned if we can, we can kind of get that. We're working on some things here. But, Drake, we we kind of talked about what some of those questions up for Kyle and Granson are, whether he's going to be able to step up, be a better blocker. What do you see or his impact be in this Shane Steichen offense and and for this Colts team uh, in 2023?
1: I I have a unique – well, maybe it's not unique, but I think he's going to be a vertical threat tight end. I think that he is going to – Take, I mean, he get, he's going to be in the slot, but he could. I really do think that with his route running ability, his ability to create that separation, the way that Steichen has talked about how he wants to attack vertically, I can just see him using Kylan Granson to create fits for slot corners and for linebackers, safeties that have to cover him. Um, I do also think that he is going to have a round. I predict around. I think he's going to eclipse. About. I think he has the potential to eclipse forty catches or something like that he could actually do some damage um in like he's never averaged more than 10 yards per reception so I'm hoping that Steichen's vertical schemes can kind of help with that so I look for look for Granson to finally make some explosive plays is what I'm trying to say
0: I I I, and I hope you're right my I I think I'm taking a little bit more measured approach on Kylan Granson just because I I think we're going to see more guys like Jelani Woods, Drew Ogletree, and Will Mallory get real decent exposure, and I think those are going to be the three tight ends we, we, we see the production out of. I I, f- I think Kylan Granson's role is pretty much going to stay the same. He's going to be that guy that catches those small passes over the middle, uh, or or over to the sidelines on those quick outs. Um, I hope he's able to find the end zone this year, so I can I can stop talking about it. Uh, and I'll and I'll make sure I give him his props when when he does do that. But but I think for me. Kylan Granson has found his role in this offense, and that's that's perfectly fine. He doesn't have to be an all-world tight end, but he also has to go out there and prove that he's more valuable than some of the other tight ends out there. Uh, so that way, he his snaps on those in those slot doesn't don't get taken by Jelani woods or to or or will Mallory. And, and that's going to remain to be seen, but I think it's all going to be determined on how he handles that pressure. And if he, he can really step up and, and, and show his worth, show that he can be more than, than just a guy that can catch those six, seven yard passes and actually kind of stretch a defense more or, or, or really be a problem for defenses moving forward.
1: Yeah. And that's going to be hinging a lot on if Shane Steichen can utilize him effectively, and then that's going to fall back on Granson to be able to mesh with Steichen's offense. So that's a good point that it's, there's nothing wrong with taking the more measured approach on Kylan Granson.
0: (laughs) Right. And Wyatt law says here with seven tight ends, how many make the 53, who are the odd men out? We actually, we might actually carry five. Yeah, Why you're getting ahead of us, man. That's our last question of this. (laughs) We're going to tell you our depth chart and give our predictions, but, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you a hint. I'm keeping five. I'm keeping five of these tight ends. So uh, we'll see which five those are. Drake, uh, we talked about the three big names of tight end, but we didn't mention Drew. I mean, we we didn't really dive into Drew Ogletree, the rookie Will Mallory, uh, Pharaoh Brown. uh, And then there was one more stats, Matt. Caden Smith. Smith. We don't even need stats, Matt. We've got stats, Drake, over here. Thank you. So there's, there's seven tight ends that have either been drafted, have been drafted high up or the Colts or been with the Colts for a long time or been in the league for a while. So this is why this room is so crowded. This is why this battle at training camp is going to be so interesting. But Drake, give me out of those that we didn't really dive into. Which one of those guys do you think can really make a difference in this crowded room? And and tell me what you expect to see out of them this year, whether it be a stat line, whether it be uh, what do you expect them to have playing time-wise, uh, which which tight end out of the rest of that group are you really super high on?
1: I actually think uh, Will Mallory really sticks out to me. I And he hasn't even played a, a single snap. Stats Matt nailed it right on the head. This guy could push Kylan and Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He was the fastest tight end in this year's draft class.
0: And a very, very good tight end class. Like Chris Ballard said, this tight end class was probably the best he has ever seen.
1: It was absolutely loaded to the brim with talent. Like, seriously. And this guy stood out over everybody else to Chris Ballard. He could have had any tight end he wanted. He, like technically he could have, but here's the thing. I really do think that with his speed and like stats, Matt mentioned, this dude can also block. I mean, he is an effective blocker. I think all of that just really stands out. I think if there's something to look out for, it's not, I can't really, there's too many names in this group. I can't make a stat prediction with hardly any of them, but I do have to say, I think you're going to see him used a lot more than what you would expect.
0: I like that. I like that. I think, I think of the 12 draft picks, Will Mallory was the one that surprised me the most. Same. But but I think he is one of the most underrated picks of the Colts. When you when you because after he made that pick, I went back, I watched some of his film, watched some of his highlights, and I'm like, man, this this kid can move. This kid can move. And and when you see when you hear what Shane Steichen wants to implement in this offense, more shots. Being able to take advantage and open up this offense, uh, compare that to what Anthony Richardson does well, those shot plays really creating those explosive deep throws down the field. I think Will Mallory could be a a really nice fit, but I'm going to go with another tight end who hasn't played a snap in the NFL. Drew Ogletree. Uh, from everything I've heard, his ACL recovery is going very well. He should be ready to go when training camp begins. And I want to see if he can pick up where he left off. I want to see if he can become that star of of training camp once again. Uh, there were there were some talks that that drew ogletree could was was ahead of jelani woods at the time in training camp and that jelani woods was going to be tight end four which is which is kind of crazy to to think about now uh but but drew ogletree i think is is very unique in that he's got that wide receiver background uh being but he's uh, but he's six foot five. I think he's two hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred sixty pounds. And uh, we say we saw him make some pretty incredible catches in in training camp. Now we've also seen a lot of guys who are training camp stars, uh, like Dion Kane, Duran Carter. Uh, if those guys ring any bells, we've seen training camp stars really not produce much. Even Mike Strong, not produce much on Sundays or during the regular season. So is that going to be what drew Ogletree is, or are we going to actually see him go out and, and be able to produce on Sunday? So that's one guy that, that I'm, uh, I I'm interested to see. And I hope that, that he ends up really showing that he's more than just a training camp star, because I think the skill set of a Drew Ogletree and a Jelani Woods. Those big guys, those fast guys, big catch radiuses uh, can block some, uh, but can be huge red zone threats. I think that combination of those two could be really deadly uh, for a Shane Steichen offense, especially when you integrate what Will Mallory can do stretching the field. Uh, I'm just really high on this group. I think it's going to be outstanding uh, to watch. And then we're going to get to Wyatt Law's question here. Uh finally, to kind of wrap things up here, Drake, I want you to predict the depth chart for the tight ends for the Indianapolis Colts. It's probably one of the hardest depth chart groups uh, we're going to be doing with these positional breakdowns. Um, And and I feel like I can go a whole bunch of different ways. So what's your depth chart for the Colts in the tight end
1: position? I think, uh, let's see, I'm just going to go with what my instincts tell me. I think it's going to be Jelani Woods. I think that Kylan Granson isn't quite there to be the tight end, too. I think it's going to go to Mo Alley Cox. I think mm-hmm. if the experience favors him, uh, then I think it's going to be Granson. Then I do think that Mallory will push Granson for that tight end three. But then I would say there's going to be five, and that fifth one is going to be Andrew Ogletree.
0: I like it. I like it. And then I'm, I'm going with that as well. I'm going to switch up the order a little bit. I think Mo Alley Cox is still – technically going to be tight end one but we are going to see moelle cox more in that blocking role i think we're going to see the most production out of jelani woods jelani woods can be considered the tight end one uh tight end two uh if uh, technically on the depth chart but when you're looking at production and and who is the alpha tight end it's going to be Jelani Woods. Uh, I think Kylan Granson still holds his role as that uh, slot tight end, but I think as the season goes along, I would not be surprised if it's more of a 50-50 split between Kylan Granson and Will Mallory, with Mel, with Will Mallory even starting to eclipse Kylan Granson at some point. And then uh, for right now, I'm gonna put Drew Ogletree at that number five. I do think the Colts keep five tight ends. And and one of the main reasons for that is I don't know if Colts can stash any of these guys on the squad. Maybe Drew Ogletree, but I I think with what he was able to do in training camp and if he can back that up again this year, especially going into the preseason teams are going to notice that, and I don't think you're going to be able to cut him and hide him on the practice squad because another team is going to want to take that shot on him. You know what I mean? So you're going to want to keep those guys. You can use Drew Ogletree for, to, for some special teams. I know Kylan Granson has played some special teams. I'm sure Will Mallory can play special teams. So when you have those guys and they can they can be used on teams like that, it makes it easier to keep as well. So five tight ends. Jelani Woods will be tight end one in production. I think Docs will hold tight end one in title. Kyle and Granson and Will we will kind of switch off and on with that slot role. I think you're going to see Drew Ogletree at the five. But it's going to be fun. I'm very excited about this group. I don't know if the Colts have had as deep tight end room in a very long time.
1: Yeah, and it kind of gives you it gives you a little bit of the you know remnant. It makes you kind of think and gives you some nostalgia from twenty eighteen when they when they had Eric Ebron, they had Jack Doyle, and they had Mo Cox. I mean, there was actually a game I don't know if anybody remembers where Andrew Luck threw three touchdowns, each one to a different tight end. I mean, that is the kind of level of depth that this group has, maybe even more so. So can't wait to see what Shane Steichen has planned for these guys. It's going to be awesome
0: it's going to be one of the more fun groups to watch. And, and I think with the coach and, and don't, I, I, I want to make sure to reemphasize this. Do not sleep on the tom manning re-edition or or have him being brought back into the fold here especially with those young tight ends i think we're going to see a lot of production out of this group and that's our show for this evening guys really appreciate everybody joined in a special shout out to patrick as always patrick with those lovely uh greatly appreciate your uh, and now support. we're friends
1: too so yeah
0: so yeah. apparently him and drake are best <laughs> friends uh so so you love to see it that's matt Truett, wyatt law uh uh let me make sure i, I guess nathan Well, from from delaware uh sarah was able to join us tonight
1: and, hey, who, and
0: everybody else that that joined us for tonight it was a really fun episode talking about these tight ends and if you haven't done so already the ticker is going to tell you what to do like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow horseshoe huddle on twitter at on fn subscribe to horseshoe huddle on youtube and hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live again whenever Destin is shot or going live because while the uh, NFL may be off right now with no news coming except for uh, bad news that happened today, but we're we're not talking about that anymore. Uh, That's behind still us. Still pushing <laughs> pushing out content all the way to training camp and into the season, so uh, it's going to be a fun summer. Drake has been riding away as always. What can the people check out on Horseshoe Huddle from you?
1: So, just over the couple, uh, the past few days, I've re- I've released four articles that were two different um, subjects. It's the three strengths and weaknesses for the defense and offense, and then three defenders and offensive players who I personally think could earn a Pro Bowl in the right circumstance, and five of those six would actually get their first Pro Bowl nod
0: fun, fun pieces. Make sure to go check those out. Uh, if you haven't done so already, my Juju Brent's, uh, uh, rookie files piece is live. I was hoping to get Josh Downs done this week, but some things came up and I wasn't able to. Uh, so Josh Downs, his rookie files piece will be going live on Monday. Um, and he's got a phenomenal story. Uh, I'll tell you that I've, 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 do- really dove into the background on Josh Downs. You're going to want to read that. And, and it was really fun to write about Juju Brent's as well. Uh, a local kid whose favorite player was Bob Sanders growing up. And now Ooh. he's wearing the same horseshoe, uh, that Bob Sanders did, uh, uh, with the Colts in the 2000s, so so definitely go check that out. Rookie Files is alive and well. You can follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night to talk about the offensive line, another crucial group for the Colts that is is really. I wouldn't say uh, hopefully we'll we'll, uh, bounce back. It's a must that they bounce back if the Colts want to have a successful 2023. So until then, enjoy the beginning of July, and we will see you right before the 4th.